For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden DeShomer. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover demographic changes to the historically Black Witherspoon-Jackson neighborhood, the election of the South's first transgender state senator, and a new UN climate report ahead of COP28. It's Thursday, November 9th. If you've ever walked down Witherspoon Street and passed the Princeton Public Library, you've stepped foot into Princeton's historically Black Witherspoon-Jackson neighborhood. While known for its rich cultural history with Princeton's Black community, the size of that community has declined over time. To learn more, Daybreak sat down with news contributor Megana Veldhaus. Hello, my name is Megana Veldhaus. I am in the class of 2027, and I am a news contributor. So you have a piece out right now about the Witherspoon-Jackson neighborhood um, and about the decline of the Black population there. Um, Can you tell us a bit about the data that you found? Sure. So basically what we have found is that even though the Black population has increased slightly, in comparison to the other racial populations in the area, its overall percentage in the Witherspoon-Jackson area has significantly decreased. For example, in 1930, the Witherspoon-Jackson Black population was at um, 1,583 people. And meanwhile, in 2020, it was at 1,742 people. In comparison, the white population was at 8,000 people in 1930 and at 17,446 in 2020. Additionally, the Asian population that was recorded in Princeton in 1980 was 1,000 people, while it is now at 7,000 today. So what we see is that while the white population has more than doubled and the Asian population has increased by more than sevenfold, the black population has not exhibited the same proportional increase. While the town was at 16% black population in 1930, it is just over 5% black today. We see that there is ultimately a decrease in percentage of black people in the Princeton area, even if the population has minorly increased. Princeton had a larger percent black population in 1940 than in the 2020s. What were the factors that created the decline in the black population? Well, what we have seen from various interviews with council members of the Witherspoon-Jackson Historical and Cultural Society is that one of the main factors appears to be gentrification of the area. For example, as of 2021, the median household income of Witherspoon-Jackson was $47,000 per year. This is far short of the $138,000 median income for the entire town. And so what has happened is that already there is a um, considerable disparity between the historically black areas of Princeton and the overall areas. As a result, in Witherspoon-Jackson, the town's affordable housing waitlist was over 2,000 households long. This has resulted in a considerable portion of the population that cannot afford the increased housing prices of Princeton. The U.S. Census Bureau states that as of today, 90% of homes in Princeton are valued at over half a million dollars. 39% of them have values of one million or more. In 2014, these percentages were um, 78% of houses were valued at over half a million dollars and 29% were valued at over a million. So we see that even in the recent past, there has been a considerable increase in housing costs in the Princeton area. And this has resulted in areas of people like in the Witherspoon Jackson area who cannot afford increased housing prices and there is a lack of affordable housing for them to have instead. This is slowly pushing out people who have historically lived in these areas and resulting in the changing demographics. You can read the full piece at the link in the description or at dailyprincetonian.com. In national news, Danica Rome will be the first openly transgender person elected to a state senate seat in the South, winning a Virginia seat with a narrow 52% majority. Her victory helped propel Democrats to take control of the Virginia legislature. She ran against staunch conservative opponent Bill Wolf III in a heavily watched race in Northern Virginia. Throughout her campaign, Rome was targeted by attack ads and hate mail. After declaring victory, she said that her opponents, quote, went all in on the transphobia and lost. 
She attributes her win to her focus on everyday issues that matter to her constituents, such as transportation and universal free meals for preschoolers. Rome is part of what has been dubbed the Rainbow Wave, with 128 LGBTQ candidates winning their campaigns this election season. Yesterday, the UN reported that the world's fossil fuel producers plan to produce 110% more fossil fuels in 2030 than the maximum production goal set to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius by the same year. The UN report looked at 20 of the top fossil fuel producing nations in 2021 and found that 17 of them have committed to achieving net zero emissions. And although many have made efforts to cut fossil fuel emissions, none have committed to reducing coal, oil, and gas production. The countries responsible for the largest carbon emissions are India, Saudi Arabia, and Russia. This news comes as the UN's annual climate summit will soon meet from November 30th to December 12th in Dubai. At the summit, countries will agree on a proposal for an international climate change fund. The fund will be the first United Nations mechanism dedicated to helping countries that have suffered climate-driven damage from drought, floods, and rising sea levels. It would aim to divert billions of dollars to vulnerable nations. Today, expect cloudy skies and a chilly breeze, with a high of 66 and a low of 44. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Maya Mukherjee, Sanai Faral, and me. Sound engineered by Vitus LaRue, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horn, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tashoma. Have a wonderful day.